In the world of mental health, a common step is to seek counseling. Whether you are urged to go by loving family members or you're ordered to go by some form of authority, it can be a large stepping stone on your road to recovery. You're listening to Persistently Growing, a podcast dedicated to sharing personal growth stories and inspirational messages with your host, Megan Page. This episode has a potential trigger warning. The following episode includes talk of extreme depression and possible suicide. My story is one that is of past, present, and future. My need for counseling started when I was in the third grade. My parents had just gotten divorced, and through the divorce, my parents both thought that having a counselor would help my sister and I cope with a change in our lives. Our counselor's name was Darcy, and as far as I can remember, she was a great counselor and had a speciality for kids. She ended up taking a break when she had her baby, and we received a replacement counselor who I didn't really make a connection with. makes me feel bad to say that, but I didn't have as strong a connection with her that I did to Darcy, and I don't remember her name. So, uh, even though that makes me feel bad, there isn't really anything I can do about it. Um, So I moved on in some form because I stopped going for a while. Then later in middle school, I started to deal with heavy depression and thoughts of suicide and actually attempted suicide twice. I found some support at my local church. And actually, the day that I started the youth group there was the day that they started a new segment about mental health and suicide prevention. This event was kicked off by the movie To Save a Life, a 2009 indie film rated PG-13, which was a movie depicting life after the death of a childhood friend. A popular teen portrayed by Randy Wayne risks his own social standing by reaching out to classmates who are usually shunned. It was a really powerful movie for me at that age, and following the movie, um, our church set up events that taught everybody how to recognize people who felt isolated and started to fall into their own pits of despair. And that was a brighter light than I think they'll ever know. I remember that during this time, we would break into Uh, gendered groups, boys and girls, and go to separate rooms to talk. All of the other girls were so kind to me. I felt completely welcome. I started to grow a special bond with a lady that helped guide the meetings. Her name was Amber, and she was a licensed psychologist at the time, I think. Each youth group had an adult from the group that would share their story of survival or their battle with their inner demons. We would finish the night off by taking time to write out letters to the others in the group, showing support and genuine care for each other. If anything helped me more, it was those letters. I received 14 in total, and I still have all of them in my hope chest. They were seriously important to me, and I kind of tear up every time I read them, and I do go back and read them whenever I start to have a particularly hard time. These letters were everything from simple Bible verses 
to people giving me their actual phone numbers and a couple letters that actually mentioned, hey, I see you struggling and I'm here for you. If you need a handhold, you've got mine waiting, which I have cherished my entire life since. That group helped me through a seriously rough, rough patch in my life. After that, I started to reach out more and I decided to go back to counseling, which turned out to be a good and a bad thing. I learned that when counseling doesn't help me the way that I want it to, I leave. I completely abandon it. I just stop going and I don't give any notice. Or if I get uncomfortable, I do the same thing. So I ended up ditching that counseling session and continued to suffer for a long time. In college, we had a class um, that was called Intro to College. <laughs> Promise that's a real thing. <laughs> and we toured the Student Success Center, which was basically one whole building for student health, uh, the counseling services, and a thing called TRIO, which is for kind of like the first-generation students and low-income students so that they can get the help that they need to actually succeed in college. Um, and we met with the counselors to kind of get to know them so that we knew what was going on and you know, where to find support. And all I remember is looking at this one counselor, Claire, and I just knew I had to go talk to her. I stepped into her office and asked if she was seeing any new clients and burst into tears. She hadn't even answered my question and I had a complete and utter mental breakdown in her office. Um, we sat down and started setting up sessions and we got right down to it. We started digging up my past, analyzing it, figuring out what I needed the most help with, and we figured out that because of some things that I experienced, I had CPTSD, which is complex PTSD that is formed when a person encounters many stressful situations in a short period of time and is not given the time or tool to work through it. It can create sort of this block of emotions, and it kind of breaks your fight-or-flight switch, which is imagery that we talk through together. Um, I'm a really visual person, so I imagined the fight-or-flight response that we have as a switch in my brain that could be turned on and off. But because of stressful situations were so frequent in my developing years, it felt like a toddler was playing with the switch until it just broke. And I was just constantly living in the fight-or-flight response, which is not healthy for the brain. Um, that's kind of what PTSD feels like to me, just a constant pump of adrenaline, and we worked on that. Uh, Claire ended up leaving the college, and I couldn't work with the other counselors, and her replacement didn't really seem to help much. I left the college and joined AmeriCorps, where I met my friend and coworker Deb, who was a licensed psychologist who specialized in mental health and domestic abuse. My AmeriCorps service was in the sector of domestic violence at my local domestic violence shelter. Uh, Deb was bored and she took a liking to me because I just, I like to talk to people. I'd walk into her office and do the regular teenage complaining thing and be like, oh, guess what happened this weekend? Or, you know, talk about what happened on the call phone. And um, she just liked to listen. So, after a while, she sat me down and 
told me that she wanted to see me succeed and she helped me learn a lot about myself. Well, um, then I went to a lot of trainings and conventions and I started to learn a lot more about myself through the things that we were being taught to help our clients and that was that was kind of hard but it in the long run it was really helpful we want learn things about um, aces which is uh, adverse childhood experiences and it's just 10 questions but the more that you answer yes to the more adverse your childhood experiences and mine's an 8 out of 10 so learning that kind of helped made me sad but it helped um, when I was released from, from AmeriCorps for a portion of time, I moved to a bigger part of the state, and I met the most supportive people that I've ever met in my life. They desperately wanted me to succeed, and that's where I met Bethany, the literal best counselor I've ever had in my entire life. Uh, Bethany was a student at the university here, and she was working on her PhD, I think. And so part of her PhD thing, I think, uh, she worked with a local sort of free clinic and did free counseling. Um, I asked her if I could become a client and I grew immensely with Bethany. She was not afraid to push my boundaries and demand that I confront my demons. She was also really understanding that if I wasn't in a mindset to deal with them at that point, that I could just leave it. A lot of times I would leave and I wouldn't feel very great, and I kept telling myself, like, well, well I'm not going back. But I started to depend on our sessions a lot. I just, oh, I'll hold on till Thursday, hold on till Thursday, talk to Bethany about it, talk to Bethany about it. And there was a couple times where I actually broke down and emailed her because I was having such a tough time. Um, Bethany ended up accepting a job in another state, so her and I had to say goodbye, and I haven't really been back to counseling since. I'm waiting a little bit to see if there is anybody that will take up her spot when school starts again, and right now I'm just practicing the things that... Bethany, Deb, and Claire taught me. Um, I have this saying that I like to use when I talk about mental health and asking for help. Some people think that you go to another person so they can fix your problems, but that's not how I think you should approach it. Um, some people like to think of counseling, and, and this was my, this is how I thought of it, is I thought that I was this helpless little girl, a damsel in distress, up in a tower, waiting for somebody to come save me, but that didn't work, and I am not a patient person, and then I realized, why don't I just get up and save myself, and I know that's a lot more complicated than it sounds, and that's kind of when it clicked, though, is that I'm the one that has to save myself. I have to get my ass out of this tower. I have to find something, like a store or a forge or something, suited up for these battles that I need to fight. Um, but then I can come back and get new tools or have the old ones repaired. But I'm still the one that has to slay the demon or stab the goblin and behead the evil king. 
I'm the knight. I have to save myself. And the counselor is the blacksmith. Just She's just there to help me do it. And I just come back to get my tools fixed up, retuned, whatever. This can be added on in so many ways. Friends can be battle companions or, or bards to cheer you on. Parents or family members. You know, for me, can be the caves that I hide in when I'm trying to hide from the monster. Um, I'm a giant nerd, so that works for me. Uh, but Bethany really did encourage me to use my imagination and visual skills to find something that comforted me because there's a lot of stigma around going and seeking counseling. And there shouldn't be. You're just going to help untangle this knot in your head that doesn't make any sense. And you want it to make sense. That's kind of the first step is realizing that you want the stuff in your head to make sense. I felt it was really important that people hear from uh, other people's perspectives of counseling. And I was only able to get one interview, and it's with my dad. So here's his experience with counseling, and we kind of did an interview, so here it is for you. This is the interview with my dad, Walt, about his experience with counseling. Um, so why did you seek counseling? I was, I had just went through a divorce and was having a really incredibly difficult time processing everything. Um, I just, I, I couldn't make it through the day without just this wide variety of, of emotions and I just needed, I needed something and that, that was, uh, I chose, I chose to go to counseling with, uh, my pastor, Tim Triple, and that, it helped me tremendously. So would you say overall the experience was positive? Yes, very positive. Um, it, it was hard because he had me confront issues that I, I was avoiding. Um, he also justified things that I was feeling and able to make me see that, it, you know, I had the right to feel sad and upset and what I was going through was traumatic, not just me having a having a bad day. Yeah. That's kind of how Bethany was for me. Um, are you still going? No. Why did you stop? Um, Pastor Triple was actually the one that said that he felt that I was competent enough at that time to resolve any issues that I may have on my own and he felt he had given me enough tools to to help deal with a lot of, of those things but that he also left the door open for me that you know I I wasn't alone but it was kind of a you need to kind of ride without the training wheels sort of thing now all right would you ever go back to uh, Mr. Triple or to another type of counselor? Yes. Yes, um, simply because 
it it taught me that um, it was okay. I I wasn't crazy or out of line for doing counseling. I was actually doing something beneficial for me to help me comprehend and understand a situation that was incredibly difficult for me. So absolutely, I mean, it, a, a lot of it is the person too. I mean, you have to have a, you have to find the right person because it, had I not had him and someone else, it would have, it wouldn't have been very, I don't think the experience would have been the same. Um, I had, I had sought counseling, um, with my ex-wife about, uh, uh, marriage counseling and the counselor that we had, I, I felt was very, very biased towards, um, my ex-wife at times. We didn't go for very often, but I don't think she, I didn't feel that for what, what I needed was conducive. Um, I, I, I really don't think that her position was unbiased. Right. And if you are going to go to some sort of relationship counseling, it should be a really impartial person. Absolutely. And, um, that having, having said that though, we only went to a a few sessions before terminating that and, and proceeding on with, with a divorce. Right. So having had a positive experience with a counselor or, you know, Pastor Triple, um, and possibly being open to seeing another one, uh, what sort of advice would you offer to somebody seeking counseling who hasn't, for lack of a better term, gotten up the nerve to go and get themselves the help they need? Oh, very simple. That they're not, oh, I don't know how to put it into words, but basically they're not insane for doing so. I mean, you would go to, and I, I have explained this to a couple of friends that have went through similar situations that I have, and it said that I thought they needed to find a, find somebody that would talk with them that was impartial so that they could begin healing. And it was no different than, how I explained it to him was it was no different than going to the dentist because you had a sore tooth or um, going to the doctor because you've, you've hurt your, your knee or your ankle or, you know, having any kind of illness that needs to have a form of treatment. And that's, that's basically what it is, is, is treatment. And, and it's, it's healing your emotions, not necessarily your physicalness, but your, your emotional, um, being, if, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Well, thank you a lot for taking time out of your day to do this for me. And, um, I love you and thank you for sharing. You're welcome. I love you too, kiddo.
I, I do think counseling helped him a lot. Um, this is probably going to be a really short episode, but um, there is just one more thing that kind of helped jumpstart my leap into counseling and my fierce advocacy for it. It's a poster um, called I'm Just Handing Out Sticks, and it makes me laugh. I'm going to read it, but I'm also going to post it on the Facebook page that I have so that other people can see it, they can hang it up, keep it on their phone, it's on my phone. Um, I couldn't find the creator, I went deep into the internet and I couldn't find it, so I'm not taking credit, I wish I could give credit, but I can't find it, um, so here it is. I don't like the phrase, a cry for help, I just don't like how it sounds. When somebody says to me, I'm thinking about suicide, I have a plan, I just need a reason not to do it. The last thing I see is helplessness. I think your depression has been beating you up for years. It's called you ugly and stupid and pathetic and a failure for so long that you've forgotten that it's wrong. You don't see any good in yourself and you don't have any help, but still, here you are. You've come over to me, banged on my door and say, hey, staying alive is really hard right now. Just give me something to fight with. I don't care if it's a stick. Just give me a stick and I can stay alive. How is that helpless? I think that's incredible. You're like a Marine, trapped for years behind enemy lines. Your gun has been taken away, you're out of ammo, you're malnourished, and you're probably, you've probably caught some sort of jungle virus that's making you hallucinate giant spiders. But you're still just going, give me a stick. I am not dying here. A cry for help makes it sound like I'm supposed to take pity on you, but you don't need pity. This isn't pathetic. This is the will to survive. This is how humans lived long enough to become the dominant species. With no hope, running on nothing, you're ready to cut through a hundred miles of hostile jungle with nothing but a stick, if that, if that is what it takes to get you to safety and all I'm doing is handing out sticks. You're the one staying alive. And it's captioned that this is a poster that's been put in this counselor's office. And honestly, reading that for the first time was what made me kick myself in the pants and go, okay, it's time to go back to counseling because I do want to stay alive. I've worked too hard and gotten too far to give up now. And that's coming from somebody who's, you know, been suicidal more than once. So, if you're contemplating going to counseling or trying to go back, I know there's a giant stigma surrounding it and you're worried that if people find out that you're going to counseling that they'll think something's wrong with you or that, you know, you're not a whole person. Just tell them to shut the fuck up. Because you're doing what's best for you. And unless they want to stick their finger in and try and help you out, then they really don't need to say anything. I know it's hard because you might not have the money to go to a counselor or your insurance might not cover it. I would really urge you to seek counseling in your area. 
um, try a university. Some counseling clinics do a sliding scale where you bring in proof of your income and they will change the price of your meetings. For a while, I was eligible for counseling sessions for free because I was making no money. Um, they can be as low as one dollar, I'm serious. And if it's good for you, then I think it's worth budgeting for. Um, I would say uh, Google and search around for counselors in your area, ones that you can access easily. Call them and ask if they're accepting new clients and then find out if they will accept your insurance and then talk to your insurance provider or your parents or you know whoever's in charge of that and see what kind of copay there will be if, if there is one there might not be one and just promise me you'll look into it because it really does help who cares what other people think you're the one that needs to feel good about yourself and nobody else is going to save you that might break your heart it might make you feel sick in your stomach but you're the one that's got to do this and fight your demons because you've got people rooting for you that wish they could help but they can only help so much you got to cut the head off it's up to you and I know you can do it. This has been Persistently Growing with your host, Megan Payne. If you have a story of personal growth or would like to write in about today's episode, you can send an email to meganpage at gmail.com. That's M-A-E-B-Y-N-P-A-I-D-E at gmail.com. Thank you.